are podcast number two we made it this far let's let's just keep on going huh uh i'm stoked on everyone listening we've got some good feedback i'm uh we're, we're working on it you know uh, work progress uh, since this is not um necessarily uh, planned out very much we're just kind of winging it here uh and 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 you know what i winged it in this episode too we're just gonna we're just gonna keep it real uh in this episode we or i talk with uh madison uh hampton and she is van crafted studio uh on instagram and vancraftedstudio.com she basically uh creates jewelry in nature from nature uh out of a uh, toyota tacoma and um i thought it was interesting and a perfect study that like anyone can get out there and, and do what they love uh with with a minimal amount of of stuff or gear and we talk about that and about her recent move to montana so it's an interesting story and hopefully inspiring to get you get people out there and creating and um and and doing what they what they love so uh without further ado here is our interview our talk uh, with madison i i'm glad you reached out because uh i've start, well we started following each other a while like not not too long ago um but i thought it was cool what you got what you were doing so it's always rad to see people out there just going for it you know yeah thank you I did a little digging and I saw that you obviously started via a van um, and doing the same like setup as you're doing now, but obviously your setup now is a little bit different. So, so yeah, I think like people love hearing, you know, like how, why, you know, the, the details behind um, how things like work out for you on the road, you know? Yeah, and like why we upgraded, I'll call it an upgrade from the yeah, van truck. Yeah, because like obviously you're able to get, I guess, further away um, via 4x4 or, you know, and uh, having a different, a slightly different setup. Yeah, yeah. So we, in 2014, I graduated from college and we were like, okay, let's go live in a van. And just kind of like the basic idea without thinking like too hard about it. So we bought a big white van. It was a Chevy Express and it was, it was nice and everything. But a few years down the road, we were finding that we had, well, one for me, I had too much room. I was hanging lanterns in there. I had a calendar hanging up. Like I was decorating and I was bringing crap with us that we didn't need it. Need. <laughs> that was one thing. And it was just a gas guzzler. And then, yeah, the big thing is that we didn't have accessibility to roads, like just some kind of dirt road that looked cool and maybe we'd want to go down it, but we didn't want to get stuck in the middle of nowhere and... Yeah, yeah, because I'm guessing that was front-wheel drive, so. Yeah, it was. Uh, 
<laughs> we later found out our tires were bald and we had no idea. Uh, we were just yeah. <laughs> and then also, I mean, with all that stuff and it's heavy, so it gets harder and harder and harder to pull out of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it, was a, it was a ride. But um, so you, when did you uh, move on to the Tacoma? Um, I want to say it was about 2013. So it was like two and a half years in probably. And okay, cool. Yeah. And then we had, so like, we're actually on our like third home on wheels, I would say, because when we first got the truck, we just bought a normal truck topper. I don't even, I don't know why we didn't get one that had more height in it so we could sit up in bed. It was like, oh yeah. but you know, you learn as you go. Um, so we yeah. had that and then now we have the ultimate adventure mobile. We have, um, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're called go fast campers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like it's a newer company. It started out last year as like two dudes in a warehouse in Bozeman, Montana, making them, and they've just took off rightfully so. And now it's eleven dudes in a warehouse. And oh, yeah, that's awesome. So, so they're out of um, the. Well, so you're you're based out of Bozeman as well, and um, you kind of just go from there. Yeah. So we. Um, yeah, we live in Bozeman now and that's of like a month ago. So yeah, we have never really had like a home base or like a home that we love. It's usually just been like one of our parents' house that we'll stop by for a little bit or something. Yeah. So this is kind of new for us because we're so we've never ever had that feeling about anywhere. Just traveling so much. It's kind of like, Oh, let's head out. And you want to leave, but Bozeman, we spent two winters in Big Sky, just up the mountain, like during our travels, and it was a little too small. So Bozeman seems like the perfect place for us. So yeah, we're gonna cool. hang here and adventure from here. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't blame you. Montana is beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I first time going to Montana this lot, this lot. Oh yeah, this year, um, and even my my girlfriend and I were kind of entertaining the idea of moving to well either Montana or Wyoming but um like a short term kind of thing maybe six or a year you know um, yeah it's just so be- it's wild out there like it's the the it's not like California at all <laughs> and yeah. it's like you know there's animals everywhere um so I I I felt I felt at home because I, I originally am from New Hampshire, so um, it's it's as it can be just as wild. Um, but it's uh it's yeah it is it's Yellowstone's amazing and Idaho's great. It's you have a pretty good central um, spot for so much nature. <laughs> yeah, that's what we like about it. So like we feel good being a little settled down, which is new for us because. It's like, okay, well, we can take the camper for the weekend and go check out some cool hot springs or like go fish a blue ribbon river or split board or, you know, it's just sweet. Cool. So how did you get, so are you working full time as like a jeweler out of the, out of the, I guess, you know, as mobile and non-mobile now? 
Yeah. Yeah. So we, I've started Van Crafted Studio in 2014 and whenever we would take, like we'd run out of money or something and we'd work for a winter or summer here or there. And then, um, but I've been doing Van Crafted Studio full time for about two years now. And yeah, it's been mostly mobile, but um, it's not right now. We have, we just rented an apartment. Um, Yeah. So I'm a jeweler full time and it's awesome. That's, that's really cool. Um, I mean, it's, it's awesome to hear when people are able to do what they want to do and still, you know, pay bills. <laughs> so yeah, I think that sure. that's like the premise of this whole thing is like sharing stories. Um, I'm sure you get asked a lot and I, I get asked uh, how, how to do it, how to live like that lifestyle uh, and still like, you know, make a means and, and be able to pay, um, pay for rent and, or, or, you know, whatever other bills, but, um, <laughs> yes. And it's hard to, it's hard to say, you know, you have to do this and, uh, and you know, it's not, it's not like a step-by-step playbook. So, um, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's good to hear stories, maybe learn from them. So, um, so what, uh, have you only traveled in um, like the States or have you gone further or maybe Alaska or Canada or something? Just Gage and I together. I mean, I've been out of the country on some solo adventures, but as far as living in one of our vehicles, Gage and I have done pretty much the whole United States. There's just so much to do and see and still so much that we have not done that it's, it's fulfilling like what we need for right now. Yeah. I think a lot of people tend to want to leave the country, but there is an insane amount of stuff to do, uh, throughout, you know, it's, it ranges so much. So, um, it's pretty wild. Um, what would be like your, um, I guess like most exciting kind of trip that you went on in the States? Um, there's, you know, that's such a tough question, but, um, I will say one place. So I'm from the East coast. So is Gage. I'm from Michigan and, uh, I hadn't spent too much time in California. I went to like big bear in high school and did a few things, but one place that really always sticks out for me is, I don't know if you've heard of it, but the lost coast. I've heard of it. I, I I don't, I can't make a connection on where that was. Is it up North? Yeah, so it's like in Northern California and it's where Highway 101 dips inland. So basically that's why it's the Lost Coast because it's like the one stretch of highway that is lost by the road. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and that place is so cool. I recommend that everyone go there. Um, There's a pretty like bumpy, hilly road to get there, but it's we took the van out there and it's actually, it's no problem. And when you get out there... um, the ocean is like super choppy. Like you can see the sand is going like almost vertical because of how hard the waves hit. Oh, wow. And 
Yeah, and we heard we were talking to this badass sea kayaker lady we met out there, and we're like, "Are you gonna kayak?" And she was telling us that it's really irresponsible to kayak there because there's a ton of sh- like shark sightings, and the water's too choppy, and it's just so that was a place that like really stuck out for me because I feel like in California it's a little it's uh, more populated, I guess, and it was nice yeah. to like yeah just like get out there be alone be in a remote wild place yeah especially on the coast of california it's hard to go somewhere where there might not be like a you know a decent group of people around um the north i feel like anything above san francisco kind of gets forgotten about hence i probably the lost coast uh but um but it's like, yeah, it's definitely really cool, especially on that. I'm guessing it's like almost, I guess, on the edge of, uh, on the border of Oregon up there. So um, it's pretty cool up there because then you start feeling that Oregon type of coastal vibes, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty close to it. So, yeah. So what made you choose uh, Montana then um, if you're from uh, Michigan? Well, I kind of knew I grew up snowboarding a lot, like every day, probably at at least six days out of the week. I was um, snowboarding after school at my local hill. And I always knew just from that age that um, I was going to live out west. It just wasn't up for debate. And so, yeah, I mean, we've traveled everywhere and we've always kind of just had in the back of our minds like, is this place cool enough? Do we want to stay here? Like, it's it's just, we've always thought of it. And the the one place that we've really felt that calling is has been Bozeman. Okay, cool. Yeah, I feel like that was the same story. Like, you, or for me, like, I, I would want to, I, I grew up in a place where most people want to leave, you know? So, um, and California was like the dream, you know, destination. Yeah, yeah. So, and being in wanting to be a photographer and all that stuff. So it's like, you know, basically between New York and LA, but, um, but yeah, like just getting that, like you finally get there and you're like, I, for me, I feel like I've been here too long where I'm like, okay, now where do I go next? You know? Yeah. Well, that's but, why we have our automobiles. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, <laughs> That's definitely a part of like uh, not only the work that I do, but like just the lifestyle. It's, it's great to be able to to hop in something and just like be able to like go wherever and then um, and be outfitted to stay for X amount of time. So um, yeah. that's a, I guess that's the beauty of overlanding in America now. It's such a big uh, topic and uh, and, you know, especially over the last like two years, I would say it's such a, a popular uh, subject for sure. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's taken off and for obvious reasons. Yeah. And what, why, why, why do you think it appeals to, well, not only yourself, but to other people? I think I will speak for myself. Like the reason I'm, 
I'm able to now stay in one place is because I have this adventure mobile parked in my driveway. And if I ever feel stir crazy or I'm like, damn, I really want a hot spring today or like, let's go ski this or flipboard that or whatever. Like I have the capability to go. So it's impossible for me to get, I don't know, that urge to, or like you want to leave or like you were saying, you come from out East where most people want to leave. Like, I don't, I plan to not get that feeling because I've taken the steps to not allow it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. To, to force yourself uh, or put you in a position where you can pretty much leave whenever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then it makes it so you love your home more, which this is a new concept for me, but I feel I won't get sick of Bozeman because there's so much to do and I can still go at any time. Yeah. It delays the process of getting things, getting old, um, (laughs) which is, which is usually the case. And with the first podcast, uh, I did, I talked with my buddy Graham and, and he was into that, or he he brought up the point of, you know, uh, trying to make the everyday not feel so mundane, you know, and try to keep it, alive in a way where it's like feels different but it's still the same you're still in the same area and it's hard to do that when you're able to (laughs) leave and go pretty much you know to yellowstone or whatever for the weekend or um but it definitely makes a home living more enjoyable because it definitely gets old sleeping on a two inch mat uh, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so then what does, uh, what does your significant other do? Does he have the same kind of setup or do you guys, um, or like, does he work on the road as well? So Gage is amazing at saving. So he, when he works, he seriously puts away like every single penny. So when we're on the road, I'm working some days and he's going fly fishing and yeah. Yeah. And he, he actually, we lived, um, he usually builds trails or works on trails and we lived in great Barrington, Massachusetts in the van one summer and we got to check out New Hampshire a lot. So I was going to say that he worked, um, for the Appalachian mountain club and he was in the woods for like three days a week hiking and like maintaining the trail. And then, would come back to the van and yeah. Wow. That's rad. Um, I think that that hits the other side of, uh, this whole thing is like people just save to be able to be away, um, instead of working on the road. So it's smart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're, it's more secure. (laughs) It's more secure. Like the agreement that Gage and I have is, our plan is this, like, he'll always have, like, the steady, like, normal, like, consistent income, and I'm going to be the one who's going to, like, make jewelry, do wild things, work with other brands, like, try just, I'm going to be a little more of a bit of a risk taker with my career, and it's a pretty good balance. Yeah, and it seems like it's, it's like, you know, when you have a, a, a kind of, um, a backup or a steady like way of, uh, income, you're able to be more creative and, and, uh, and bull and be able to take risks like you, you're saying. Um, and I think that's a, that's a huge bonus, especially if you're with someone that, that can, you know, you guys have that balance. 
Yeah, I agree. It's really, it's really fortunate or I don't know. I, I feel lucky to have a partner, but at the same time, like a lot of, you were saying earlier, like people are like, how did you do it? And it's like, that question is so loaded. And then something that it doesn't, it doesn't offend me necessarily. And I know people mean it well, but they'll be like, you're so lucky to do that. And it's like, I researched like how much voltage my tools take to go into my solar. I saved for that solar. Like everything is so yeah. out and it's not luck. It's just making the plant responsible plan in life to be what I need to be happy and like how I'm going to do it step by step. Yeah. I think um, people confuse luck with hard work. <laughs> um, and I think, um, I mean, there are people out there that do have a lot of luck and that's great and all, but for the people that don't, um, we, we definitely have to work for it. It's hard. I think that's what's uh, misconceiving about social media is that you don't necessarily know how they got to that point. And that's why it's great to talk and like explain, I guess, your story as well. So, um, so I think, yeah. uh, it's it's always a bonus to be able to be like you know I worked really hard for this, this is yeah. why I get to live out of a Tacoma or live in Montana for you know what I mean. It's like we worked for it, so we're just uh, displaying it really. Um, and like, how does has social media helped you in this in this capacity of like being able to work on the road or or well, I mean, yeah. I guess do jewelry in general. Definitely. I'm very thankful for the free app that we call Instagram because it just, um, it's a really great tool for small, small businesses and to spread word of mouth and to share imagery and get the word out. Like without Instagram, I don't think I would be able to, I think I would still be having to like stop and work at coffee shops along the way because it wouldn't, it would be hard to get the word out that, hi, I make jewelry on the road. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, uh, I guess, like back in the day with like musicians, you know, there's only way, the only way to do it is to play shows and then move on to the next thing or whatever. Uh, yeah, hopefully the drunk people remember. Yeah, I mean, I guess Instagram bridges that gap of time um, to, you know, you can share, even, you might not be working that day, but you're able to share um, at least something. Um yeah. And I think uh, I think a lot of people are interested in 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 experiences like the fact that your jewelry comes from maybe like not like it like well I guess it actually does come from nature um, not only like <laughs> the product but like it's made in the nature it's like all it's there's a story behind it and that's a uh, people love I feel like people love that and that's great for product too it's great storytelling. Yeah, it definitely makes for a full circle piece of art. Like this summer we spent, before we knew we were going to stay in Bozeman, we actually kind of hung around Bozeman for a little, like a month or so in the truck. And we were fishing on the Gallatin River like every day and I was making jewelry on it. And so I made an entire series of jewelry um, based off, like inspired by the Gallatin River and the Gallatin River is kind of green. So it's like blue green. And I actually had Gage come help me pick out some stones that I was going to use. I had him pick 10 stones that reminded him of the river. 
and I narrowed it down to three and I made uh, Gallatin River Bolo ties. Oh, very cool. It's so it's fitting, you know, it's not only it's a a bolo tie is great for where it came from. And and obviously the the sourced rocks or whatnot, you know. Yeah. And like literally made alongside of the river, too. Yeah, that's that's great. And that's. And yeah, it's such a good, like, like from my standpoint, that's like a great story to tell versus like, oh, they, you know, it's just made uh, at home, like with the idea of that, you know, it's not like all encompassing um, product. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So do you get like the, the, the stones or whatnot from like local areas because i remember in wyoming they had to have rock shops everywhere um or i mean throughout the country they do but um it was pretty cool we we grabbed like a bunch of stuff like sandstone and whatnot but um do you get do you source your your stuff from local areas yeah i have um 99% of the stones I use are, they're usually American turquoise. And I work closely with the lapidary artists and the stone cutters, and I buy directly from them, specifically this um, family. Their last name is is Sugar, and the husbands cut the stones, and the women in the family sell them on Instagram. And I have... Yeah, it's, they're awesome. And I have a really great relationship with them. So I'd say they're my primary source. And uh, other than that, if we I was just down in Taos, New Mexico and Santa Fe last weekend. And I came across this guy selling cabochons at one of the markets in Santa Fe. And I bought so many because it's great when you can meet in real life and talk about the stones and establish a relationship. So I buy in real life as much as I can, but it's usually if I get lucky and stumble upon someone selling cabochons. Yeah, that's rad though. It's like, it's cool to have it handed from one, one hand to the other. And it's like, you know, they found it or whatever. Um, yeah. That's pretty cool. And it's cool that it's, it supports small businesses as well. So like, what's your, your van or uh, Tacoma kind of set up, like since you have to work and, um, and I guess live uh, temporarily out of it. Yeah. So we have the Go Fast Camper, and I just suggest anyone listening should look them up. They're awesome. So that is on the top, and when we drive, it looks like a normal truck topper. And then when we stop and we're going to stay somewhere, we pop it up, and it's essentially the same mechanics as a VW bus. So it's nine feet at the tallest, and there's a bed up there. And then it's... Yeah. So as far as working goes, I have a toolbox, a rolling toolbox that I got from Home Depot before I hit the road last time. And all my tools fit in there perfectly. I have like little spaces for all my pliers and tweezers and stuff. And then um, as far as selling a physical product, um, you also need packaging supplies and that's pretty tough on the road because you need to keep them clean and ready to go. So Uh, we built like a little platform and there's six bins, three on each side that fit it fit perfectly. And they're like long drawers we can pull out. And then the way back, I keep my packaging and I only get it out like once a month when I ship. So it stays clean. And then I work on the bed of my truck and 
we see clamp, I have a bench pin, which is what jewelers use to like saw and file on. And we see clamp it to the end of the truck. We have a little table, collapsible table. I pull out so I can lay stones out, whatever. And then my, my chair is, um, also our fridge. It's our Yeti cooler. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big, uh, Yeti user as well. Nice. <laughs> um, this stuff really does work. I, I was so skeptical at first. Um, so do you run everything off of like a, a dual battery or do you just, you just run it off the auxiliary power in the truck? So we have, um, this time, like this last, we go for like long stints on the road. And this last one, we really upgraded a lot of things and we got, um, a goal, goal zero Yeti 400. And yeah, like I said, with planning, like there's no luck about it. Like I was online researching, like I need a crock pot for jewelry. It cleans fire scale off metal. And it's, I got a little tiny snack, like it heats up snacks is what it's supposed to be used for. And I researched, um, like how much wattage that used and like plugged it in to make sure it would work on our solar power. And then also to charge my camera and also to charge up my, um, portable, Flex shaft, which is a rotary tool that I use constantly. So we were, we basically realized that the 400 would be just enough power for us. And okay. yeah, that's what we use. Without spending thousands of dollars. <laughs> the yeah, whole zero fun. stuff adds up real quick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so. But um, so that's cool. Um, so so you guys for go for long, long periods of time. Like how, how long are you, are you talking like month or, or longer? Well, much longer. I think our longest oh, okay. consecutive on the road was eight months. And then we would stop and work for winter. Like, like I said, we lived in big sky for two winters in a row. And that was kind of more to be ski bums, not as much to work, but we did work. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah. So, and then I think our shortest trip was like two months. Okay. And are you going to stay in Bozeman? You like signed like a year lease or something, or um, are you at least there for a certain amount of time? Yeah, we actually did. We signed a year lease. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But we're super, we're happy with it. And my business is growing, which is amazing. So over the winter, it's always nice to have, running water and electricity and shelter so I can keep up demand for orders and fulfill needs for my customers, which is super important to me. Yeah. Um, is there, so is there anything that you get asked a lot that I might've not, I've even thought of, (laughs) um, maybe like to get it out there just in case there's, there's a, a lot of questions about jewelry or whatnot. I get a ton of questions, especially from other jewelers. Like, oh, that's my dream. I want to do it on the road. And um, I don't know. I just, I think it's important to say like right today, how I work on the road, it looks a lot different from when it did in 2014. In 
2014, we didn't have any power. We would poach grocery stores and like sit there and act like we were drinking coffee to charge up my huge Dremel tool that was not meant for jewelry, but I made it work because it was $30. And we just like, so basically like advice I have to anyone, like no matter what stage you're in, like if you're in the stage of your life or business where you can afford to buy nicer tools like a portable flex shaft and solar power and stuff, that's great. It will make it easier. But on the other hand, like how I did it, how I always do it is I compartmentalize. I'm like, okay, I need to use my rotary tool. I need heat. Like I didn't have solar before. So for my crock pot, I just use a pot of water and I would just keep it on our Coleman two burner and I would just turn it on and boil it every 10 minutes. So it stayed hot. And that wow. was a way to do it for way less money. Yeah. So yeah. So like, there's just, I guess the message that I want to share with everyone is that you, if you really won't want to do it, you can do it. <laughs> Yeah. And I think, um, that's, that's, so, um, if you're not familiar, I built a second truck. It was, it's a, uh, like an older Mitsubishi Montero. And okay. it was, it was to prove that you don't need to spend like, you know, 80 grand on a Tacoma. Like, I, I'm, we're talking like new Tacoma or Forerunner or, um, you know, pickup truck or whatever, which is, you know, quite popular now. Um, and, uh, and it's just, it was just to prove that you can like basically do the same thing, but for a significant, like significantly less amount of money. Um, I'm looking at it right now on your Instagram. (laughs) yeah so i mean so we built this truck and we built it or i built it for i think like as it sits now maybe around 11 grand uh that's with like the cost of the truck and stuff and of course like it has a lot of stuff you don't need like you don't necessarily need a winch you don't necessarily need the big tires or anything like that um it just kind of matches like the whole overland scene i guess um in a way but way less um so it's like it's interesting that people or i think like people get the misconception of that what you're saying is like you don't need the top of the line stuff to do what we're what we're doing or what anyone's really doing you know there's so there's so much there's so much resources for very cheap um and i think that I think that's a big part of it. It's like, I wish that people wouldn't get discouraged if they are, um, by, by people posting, you know, hundred thousand dollar trucks <laughs> and, you know, um, it's better to get a $2,200 truck and beat it up versus, you know, $60,000 Tacoma. So totally. I'm much, I'm back to that Montero into a, a tree and I was like, okay, cool. You know, it's like no big deal. I mean, that's why we're out there. That's why we're doing like just for the unknown and like things like that could happen. And it's great. And it's part of it. But yeah, there's like definitely um, the creature comforts of like the GoFest campers are so rad. I mean, they are pricey, but like you can put that on an on an older Tacoma or like I think they're available for other trucks. I'm assuming I'm not very familiar, but um, yeah. And boom, you have like super rad 
little camper truck, you know? Well, even our truck is, it's not like a super nice Tacoma. It's a 2009 has, we we bought it in Connecticut actually. Cause it was a lot, it was like a few thousand dollars cheaper than buying it out West where we were. Yeah. Yeah. Usually that's the case. <laughs> yeah. So, but, and we've just now put, we put new tires on it like a month ago and it's been sweet, but we've been making it like without new big tires for a long time. And it's great. Yeah, four wheel drive does wonders with just regular old tires. Yeah. Um, so, have you worked with any any brands like that um, that you might have not worked before? But you know, living this lifestyle definitely attracts uh, attention. You know. Um, yeah. Is there anyone that you you guys work with that you're stoked on, or or what you know whatnot? Yeah. So recently I was actually featured, um, by Laura Hughes on the women on the road podcast. And it's a branch off of the, she explores podcast, which are both great because it's about women getting out there and exploring nature. And then, um, leading from that, Laura asked me to come down to the women on the road gathering in Taos, New Mexico. And it was a week or two ago. Um, and I went down there and I taught a jewelry seminar. So it's a bunch of, it was a bunch of ladies who live in vans, trucks, or they want to, and like rented a van and came for the weekend and camped or something. And cool. I taught a jewelry seminar and it was pretty cool. Cause I was, when I announced it, I was like, this is a van life seminar. It's not like another seminar. So I had four Yeti coolers lined up and I was teaching them how to like hammer and set stones on the coolers. Like, just like I do when I work on the road and it was really well received and van life diaries was, um, co-hosting it. Oh, cool. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great way to kind of, get into this whole thing too, is just going to those kind of events, you know, seeing how it's done, like in real life. Um, yeah. Because it's internet is, yeah, like it's, it can be conceiving, uh, or, uh, you know, it's like, it might not be as glamorous as it always, it looks, you know, I definitely have been, I've had my cold nights where I was like, I probably should have had a warmer bag, you know, and, yes. and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, that's, I, I just, I was looking at the, I remember you being in New Mexico and doing that instead of, um, kind of just seeing it on the internet, you it's hands on. And I, I don't know, I personally would learn a lot faster that way than watching YouTube videos or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, uh, but do you work with Yeti on on like stuff like that, or do you um, do you just go grab coolers and and whatnot, or? Well, I would love to work with Yeti. I'm a big fan, but I use yeah. my. <laughs> I use my own cooler for one of them. And then we, I borrowed three coolers from just some girls down there who also use Yetis as their fridges. So they were loaned. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know that with my, my work, I, I definitely work, I collaborate with, um, with companies more and more that are similar to the lifestyle. So, um, it's usually, that's what like a lot of people ask, like how, how did you work with X, you know, who, you know, 
whoever. And then it's just kind of like, well, you're, you're in the same bubble, you know, you're bound to run into, run into each other at some point. Yeah. And I think like just being just, I mean, it's just a fact there's more men on the road and just living these kinds of lifestyles than women. And then, so I feel like it's, I don't know, maybe a little more unique in a way. And then also just in the sense of like running a physical, making physical products on the road and running a business is, um, it's definitely different. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely different from what I do because my, my media is digital. So it doesn't, there's no actual like physical product. So all I need is internet and a computer. (laughs) So, um, in a camera. Um, but it's, it's, if you can, if I think the story is like, if you see people like doing it, like uh, as you are, I think anyone is, is able to do it. It's not just, there's no special like treatment or anything, you know? Yeah, definitely. Where let's hear all the information of like where you can see it, Instagram, all that stuff. So people can check it out. I mean, it will be, it'll be listed in the notes, but, um, sometimes people don't read the notes. So yeah, let, let us know, (laughs) um, (laughs) where you can see all this, um, in case people don't or haven't heard of you beforehand. Yeah. So my Instagram handle is van crafted studio. And it's just how it sounds. And then same as my website, it's vancraftedstudio.com. Okay, cool. And then do you, uh, is there anything else that, uh, you mentioned that you're on a podcast before, so check that out. That was, uh, is that out yet? Yeah, it is out. It came out a few weeks ago and it's called the Women on the Road podcast. And um, it's a really great podcast, male or female. And it just there's lots of different topics. So you can kind of go in and pick one that suits maybe what you're interested in. And mine is um, a jewelry studio out of a truck, I think it's called. Okay, cool. Yeah. So be sure to check her out. And uh, thanks for being on the on the on the call. It's uh, this is our first uh, Skype one. So <clears throat> my last one was in person in a friggin yurt. So um, it was yeah, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I think it's hard to it's hard to nail uh, people down to to do things, especially in person. Um, but this is pretty this was pretty seamless. Um, thank you, Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time, I guess we'll we'll see we'll see how things go in like a couple months. See how the move went or move is in Bozeman. So, <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is awesome.